Who is this your first time in this class? Okay, we'll just go back to week one. <laughs> just I, do, I do review a lot because I say a lot and it's hard to remember from time to time. Um, the purpose of this class is to address uh, an issue like this. And, and that is, if you look across the, I don't know what that little bee there is sitting. There's a bee in the church. Um, but stop dad jokes. Okay. Um, if you look across the, the spectrum of the church, from Pentecostal, charismatic, so this would be more the charismatic side, cessationist, uh, Church of Christ, 2 million, 700 million, um, and then however many 2.4 billion Christians across the world. There are at least 30 different uh, formal understandings, teachings, books on spiritual gifts that have different definitions than the other 29 or whatever number there is. And you would think, at least I thought, for many years I thought, um, you would think that that can't be God's intent. That, and, and what has really um, kind of happened because of that is that people have kind of just looked at it with a yawn. They just, because it seems so disorganized and ineffective, people come to the understanding or thought, it must be disorganized and ineffective. It must be kind of nothing. It must be, eh, you know, I've got the Enneagram. We, you know, let's do the Enneagram. You know, we kind of, kind of go that way or, or Myers-Briggs or disc or what color, what animal are you? I guess I was an otter, but anyway. Um, and yet that, that for many years bothered me. I was just like, this can't be right. It just can't be right. And I spent a lot of hours just kind of puzzling over the scripture. And I said, well, this is what he's clearly saying. Why, why aren't we saying that too? You know, it just kind of seemed, but I thought, who am I? I mean, I don't even have a doctorate in biblical study. You know, it's just like, who am I to even think about this? But I started uh, sharing what I thought, and amazing things started to happen with people who, who began to understand, to think about it. Lipscomb this semester is picking this concept up for onboarding freshmen. Um, so it's, it's, it's gotten a lot of traction. It's been tried out with 300-ish people now. There's good data back. Um, and so um, I finally feel brave enough to teach it at Otter Creek. Um, Chosen has is, is picked it up. There's going to be a book coming out in about four months on it and a study guide. So, so it's gotten a lot of traction. I say that uh, probably for cover, but I say that uh, just to say that um, I feel like these were my four criteria, and I feel like what I'm teaching you meets those criteria. Um, only you can say in the end, but probably my favorite story from the, the Lipscomb student days was, I may be told this, but so many of you are new. Um, I, I was talking about, and we're gonna get into it today if I stop talking about intro stuff, um, the charisma gifts. And um, at the end of the, the class, uh, a woman, a, a student, uh, was just crying her eyes out, just 
staying against the wall, just crying. And I thought, oh boy, I screwed up now. And a friend was there comforting her and, and I, I came up. She said, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. You know, I want to say little darling about it because you can't say it anymore. I said, sure. And, and she said, these are tears of joy. And I said, oh, thank you, God. She said, I, I'm in nursing, but I don't want to be a nurse. And I was like, okay, how did, how did I help you today? And she said, when you were describing the, the charisma gifts that undergird most of the nurses, the one who shows mercy or service, or somewhere in that arc, and we'll talk about that this week or next week, she said, she said that wasn't me. But when you hit leadership, I went, that's me. And, and she said, and then the little friend, Leonore, said, I punched her on the shoulder and said, that's you. And, and she said, I want to be a nurse to help nurses. I don't want to be a nurse to nurse, but I, I have to get a nursing degree to help. But I want to be a nurse to help nurses get a better shake in life. She goes, when you describe leadership and the drive and, and what, what a leader feels and what they want to do, and when they, when they look around and see something that just needs organization, they just, a, a voice in their head goes, fix that. You know, she said, I just want to fix that for nurses. And she said, I know who I am now. Thanks. I'm, I'm not going to drop nursing. It's like, have your dad thank me too. <laughs> you know, it's like, but anyway, and so, and that sort of reaction has happened a number of times. Um, Last time, um, I'm a bit geeky, uh, I'll admit to it. Um, last time, I wanted to introduce a concept about how we, and, and, and if you weren't at church, Josh is going to talk about this. Okay, I gave, no, he's, he's going to talk about this. I was like, whoa, I was going to help my wife, but she doesn't appreciate that. So, but, I, but I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what we're talking about. But, but, um, Paul talks about that, that there's three parts of us, your body, your soul, and your spirit. And Josh is going to talk about that this morning. And, and each of those, he's not talking about this, each of those has components that you can understand them. So your body has senses and drives. And so if you were looking at it, let's say you have three inner screens from each part. If you were looking at the screen of your body, you would see... I, I need to eat, food drive, sex drive, what you see, what you hear, what you feel with, with, your, with your skin senses. Um, and you say, okay, I have senses drives. If you turn and look into your soul, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So the, so the screen of your soul will be what am I thinking, what am I feeling, and what am I going to do about it? That, that's where you play that out. Sometimes you're talking to somebody and they close their eyes and go, you know, I'm just, I've, you know, because why? Because they, they don't want this, the screen of their senses interfering with the screen of their mind trying to make a decision. So they close their eyes. I got to go off by myself. You know, why? Because I need to just focus on this screen and all of the data that I've assembled. I need to, I need to think about it. There's another screen that's way less familiar to us. And that is the screen that comes up from our spirit. And God lives in our spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We, when we die, we will still be a spirit. We will still be alive. You know, our body will, will die. Our, our soul and our spirit, our essence will, will continue on. And maybe we'll get new bodies and be able to fly through outer space. And, you know, I mean, there's a whole big universe out there. I'm thinking, see you on Alpha Centauri for lunch. You know, something like that with that new body. I mean, 
God said, eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of the man what I have prepared for you. Keep thinking bigger whoppers because he's got to outdo you then. So keep thinking cooler stuff, right? So, but, but our conscience that is right and wrong, our intuition that is I know something and I don't know how I know it, but I know it, and communion that is I'm connecting with God. God is spirit. So somebody last time asked me about that and they because i shared two verses said is it is it other places in the bible is the idea about pneumaticos pneuma uh the wind pneumaticos is the spirit or, or of the spirit the things of the spirit said is that other places in scripture and and i i i remember this saying somebody told me you know do i need the holy spirit to go to heaven bro you need the holy spirit to go to walmart you know it's just like look like, it is this is not like a heavenly thing this is a uh, <laughs> this is a life thing and i just pulled up a couple of verses and and i think the person asked isn't here but um so and i could put up a hundred verses but the Holy Spirit and walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, doing things by the Spirit, and that doesn't necessarily mean by the Holy Spirit. It could, sometimes Spirit is not capitalized in the Greek unless it has Holy or Spirit of God. It could be your human spirit or both together, right? Repent, let Jesus be And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's for you, your children, for all who are far away, as many as who called himself. If you've been called to him, then this gift is yours. There is some teaching that says it's a secondary gift. You need to be, you know, you're, you're born again, but you need to be filled with the Spirit. And, 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 and Peter was filled four times in the book of Acts, okay? Why? Because he leaked. That's what, uh, uh, oh, who's the, who's the guy you might know? Uh, who's, the, who's the guy who said, why do I tell Christians they have to be filled continuously with the Spirit? Because we leak. You know, and Ephesians says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, but that verb actually means be being filled with, be in the, be in the, the situation of being filled with the Spirit. Um, and that Holy Spirit is for everybody. It's not, it's not just for charismatics. It's not just, and we all can experience the fullness of the Spirit and everything the Spirit has to give. The only thing that will stop the fullness of the Spirit in us is us, right? Because he's a gentleman. He's gentle. He will not force himself on us. Um, but we can stop that voice. We can stop the intuition. We cannot pay attention to conscience. Remember, Paul talks about people being seared in their conscience. Okay, um, here's just a couple more. Uh, John, the time's coming. When the true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth, he's seeking people like that to worship him. Look at God is spirit, and you must worship him in spirit and truth. Did you worship this morning? Now, that's a really hard, that's a bad question. But the question is, is if you're worshiping in your soul, in your head, how are you doing that then? How are you, how are you connecting with God? I'm not saying it's, it's bad. What I'm saying is maybe there's more. Maybe there's some other ways to kind of think it through and, and maybe you can say, God, your spirit, help me to worship you in spirit. Help me to connect with you. Just, I don't know how to do that. And God's like, now we're on. So, See, yeah. Andy, so by the way that you said it, then there's almost some way that you're thinking, okay, then I can quantify that now I'm not just worshiping in my head, I'm worshiping my, in the spirit. Not quantify, but qualify. Okay, so qualify, okay. Yep. It's qualified by how? We'll talk about that. Just oh, hang on. That's, that's 
I, I'm not, I, if I go into that, it'll be two hours, okay? So I don't want to do that. This is just answering a question from last time. But there is a way to worship in spirit and in truth, okay? Galatians, the only thing, you foolish Galatians, he says, the only thing I want to know, find out from you is, did you receive the Holy Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being perfected in the flesh? So he's saying, what screen are you paying attention to? It's easy to pay attention to the flesh screen because it screams. The spirit screen whispers. And you, you need to turn. Sometimes when I'm in prayer, I'll do this because I, I, wanna, I want my body to know I'm done with you. I got better things to do right now, so shut up. You know, fasting is, is great, and Josh talked about it this morning, and we'll talk about it, because fasting tells you, teaches you how to discern the difference between the voice of your body and the rest of your the, the soul and spirit, because your body's screaming, and you say, shut up. And the way you learn to control your body's drives, senses and drives with fasting, that way of controlling your body echoes through all the rest of your life. Fasting is an amazing way to gain control of the senses and drives of your body and make them your slave. Paul said, I buffet my body, not I buffet my body, I buffet my body and make it my slave, lest after teaching others I'll be disqualified. Um, here's another one, this is Romans, if you just wanna read about the spirit, just, just read Romans, I mean, it's crazy. Romans one says the world's a mess, Romans two says you are too. Romans three says it was by, uh, Romans three says, um, I paid off your, your note, I paid off your past debt. <coughs> Romans 4 said, that happened by faith, and everything I'm about to talk about is also by faith. Romans 5 says, I pay off your monthly note. Romans 6 says, I hid you from the mafia, they can't find you. Romans 7a says, the police can't find you either. Romans 7b says, and you're not the problem. There's sin in you, that's the problem. Romans 8 goes, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, right? Romans 1 through 7 is all past tense. Romans 7 is future perfect, I guess, or whatever it is. But it's all, it's all about the Spirit. The mind set on the Spirit. See, the mind sits in the middle, and it can be set in the flesh or on the Spirit. You choose how you want your mind to be set. And there's a reason I'm spending so much time on this, because the doorway to gifting is right here. Okay, the doorway to experiencing gifting is right here, the mindset. Okay, so um, if you're living according to flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit, spirit, you don't know if it's caps or not, you're putting to death the deeds of it. You will live. All who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. That's a pretty telling verse. I mean, if you if you use only that verse to ask if someone were a Christian instead of were you baptized, thin it out a bit, <laughs> you know, it would thin it out a bit. And this is not meant to be critical, but it's meant to be honest. Because scripture says this, but we don't say this very often. Okay, so that is all, any questions on that? Okay, I, I mean, I, I am available for questions. Okay, we're gonna clear the deck and start all over and the, so the Corinthians had issues. They, they, were, 
they they had issues. You know, I don't. They look a lot like certain denominations today. But that is all about tongues, prophecy, disorderly services, people talking over each other, bragging, people saying Jesus is accursed. I say that by the word of God, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, okay. You know, and so they're they're just crazy. Satan was just having a field day in manipulating people, suggesting lying things to them. They were believing it. And they had issues, and so Paul interestingly answers the question they probably should have asked instead of the question they did ask. So they apparently asked a question about tongues and prophecy because he's, he uses 1 Corinthians 14 and the rest of 12 and 13 to address those particular issues, how to, how to use tongues, how to use prophecy. But the question they should have asked, here is how he starts answering it. And he says, now concerning, this is uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. He says, now concerning, and the word he uses is pneumaticos. Remember, we just saw the spiritual man, the pneumaticos man. Ta-da, this, this is why we did all that. Because Paul is saying, now concerning the pneumaticos structure of God. This, the way the spiritual structure works. He's, he's not saying spiritual gifts. He's saying now concerning the, uh, things of the spirit, there's just not a great translation for pneumaticos. So he's saying the spiritual structure, things of the spirit, the spiritual man, it, it's spiritual, but it, it refers to the spiritual what? Or just the spiritual, okay? So he's saying, now concerning the things of the spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. So his answer to their confused question about tongues and prophecy and disorderly you know and so when we think of our own Christian life our own coming together how we do things we might say okay does Paul have something to say to me too on that spectrum I am on that spectrum someplace and I have a certain understanding of gifts of the Spirit and Paul is saying I'm not talking about gifts of the Spirit only. I'm talking about the structure of the Spirit world. And this is what he says. There is a distribution of gifts and one Spirit. There is a distribution of ministries, but one Lord. There is a distribution of effects, energizings, but the same God who works all things in everyone. On the other hand, the thing you're asking about each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And the Spirit distributes those things to each person as he wills. Okay, what jumps out at you from, from, that, from those verses? There's lots of hidden patterns in there. What's, what's one that jumps out at you? Yeah. That God is actively working in us. Okay, he he's actively working. Yep, so that's like an overall observation. He is working in us. Okay, good. What else? Unity is important. What's that? Unity is important. Unity is important. Um, in what way? Uh, the same, the same, the same. Right. Yeah, 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 good. Those are two I hadn't seen. So this is amazing. This is great. You guys are doing great. What else do you see there? Well, I guess to piggyback on that, I think it's, it's not a willy-nilly type of thing that happens. It's just the power, the, the wind blows at the tide. Right. Is that I see this, if there is 
the same spirit, the same Lord, the same God behind it, that yeah. is that there is a plan. Yeah. And it comes down to it's just because I want this to work in everybody. Uh-huh. So it is it's it's not just you know. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna color it for you to help you to see some patterns. Now what do you see? Now what else do you see? Do you see the pairing up that's happening there? I would say we typically think of the spiritual gifts as only, we, we think that it only is manifestation. I, at least I would guess. Right. You could probably know more than me, but like we think of all this stuff that's the outward stuff. Right. Maybe there's way more Right. I mean, look at this. He says, on the other hand, the, ma the, the thing you're talking about, tongues, prophecy, all those, they're not called gifts. They're called phanerosis. Phanerosis means a clearly visible work of the Spirit, not charisma. Charisma is up here, and it's, it's, it's not in that list. We're going to find out later he's not referring to any of those nine when he says charisma. None of them are in there. None. And so you go, we got it totally wrong. Yikes. Okay. What else do you see? Do you see, the, do you see the pairing? Gifts and the Holy Spirit. So you think, okay, gift and Holy Spirit. Ministries and Jesus. Okay, so, so there's a distribution. So gifts are given out and the Holy Spirit is somehow in charge of that and those are inside of me. Ministries, jobs, careers are given out, and Jesus, the head of the body, i.e. the brain of the body, is giving people ministries in the body, and he's in charge of your career, right? He, I mean, you just start thinking about it, and all these other scriptures start popping up, and you say, okay, the Holy Spirit gives me a gift, whatever that charisma is, we don't have it defined yet, but the Holy Spirit gives me, that's in me. Jesus now uses that gift in a career. And he's the head of the corporation, and he's going to give you a job if you want one. And if you're faithful, remember all the parables of Jesus? If you're faithful in little, what? I'll give you much. The talents, the minas, says, you were faithful in this, I'll give you seven cities. See, so... All of Jesus, so many of Jesus' parables were describing how he does this, how he leads the body, how you can cooperate with him in the body. I'm giving you like a foretaste. There's varieties of energizings. It's a funny word. It really means plugging into electricity, you know, empowering, you know, that kind of thing. It says there's a variety of those and the same God the Father. So you start thinking about verses where it says, God causes all things to work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. And you go, this is his purpose. These two things are his purpose in you. Take your gift, use your ministry, and these things will start happening. Because you're called according to his purpose for you. All right, see, you, you start to go, oh, oh. It's pretty important for me to understand my gifting then, yeah. So would you say that's uh, pretty well fits exactly what's happened with freedom prayer? Absolutely, there's no question, yeah. And, uh, and other things, I mean, it, you know, when, when I begin to talk to people about this in their lives, they just go, 
I mean, that's the sound you hear is, is hand slapping heads because you just go, if I'd have known that when I was 20, God, that would have saved a lot of detours, you know? It, it's just like, wow. And I think I've shared this before, but, but when you get these, you're like, remember, you've been on Acon course at the airport, that moving sidewalk, right? If you're walking and you see people going past you and they're looking at their cell phones, they're not walking faster, but they're moving faster, right? That's what this life looks like. Somehow God causes things to work together for good because you love him and you're called according to his purposes for you. We can do a lot of stuff, but the stuff that God wants us to do, using the gifting Jesus has given us, is the path to finding purpose. There's a lot of stuff we can do. God said, that was good, that was good. But what I, re this is, you are his workmanship. Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus to do certain things which God prepared beforehand for you to walk in. You are his craftsmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand for you to walk in. See, Paul's just saying that one verse, but he's spreading it out. And so understanding that structure and then going, okay, I'm in. Okay, this is what I want. This is, I'm in. I want to do this. This is how I want to live my life. Then he says, no, look, on the other hand, you knuckleheads, you know, kind of, on the other hand, you're each given manifestations of the Spirit for the common good. The Spirit distributes these things to each one as he wills, but these things are only called gifts when he does gifts as a generic thing which has everything in it in the kitchen sink. But when he goes back to, to describing them, and he goes back to, to 1 Corinthians uh, 13 at the beginning, 14 at the beginning, he's back to calling them phanerosis. Okay, he's, he's, he's not, he, d he doesn't call them gifts. And so this then is how the structure of the spirit world is set up. <clears throat> and each of these four work differently in our lives. Each of these four connects us with a different member of the Trinity. You know, sometimes you pray and you say, who do you pray to? And you go, I mean, in Freedom Prayer, I'll say, who do you like? You know, who do you like best? We'll, we'll, and everybody likes Jesus best because he's kindly eyes and makes wine. You know, he only multiplied three things, right? Food, wine, and friends. I mean, who doesn't like a guy like that? <laughs> It's like, party, you know? So anyway, um, so each of these four work differently. Now, I want to help you to understand that this structure isn't weird, okay? So let's use Paul speak, but set up a hospital, okay? And we're going to use the same thing. So here we go. There's a variety of talents, ge generic talents needed in a hospital, and there's one personnel director who defines the talents, okay? Varieties of gifts, one spirit, personnel director. Varieties of talents needed in a hospital, one personnel director. There are specific jobs, ministries, there are specific jobs in the hospital, and one director of the hospital, or we would call them the head of the body, uh, one director of the hospital who determines what is needed, who should be promoted, who should be hired for specific jobs. Okay, nothing mysterious about that. There are lots of goals and objectives that the hospital is trying to accomplish for individuals and for the hospital generally. And the chairman of the board 
and the board of directors determine where money and support should be spent, right? Interestingly enough, what Paul says the father does is he steers authoritatively like the captain of a ship and he resources authoritatively like the supplier of the ship. Okay, those are the two words that Paul uses to describe what the father does. Steering and resourcing. Okay, the chairman of the board, what do they do? Steer and resource. Okay, he's just, this is just a hospital. He says, and there is also technology that's needed for various staff. Some people need computers, some need phones, some need MRI machines. And the personnel director determines who needs what and when they need it. Manifestations of the spirit. And so you say, charisma, diconia, energema, phanerosis. Gifts, ministries, energizings, tools, power tools. And so the organization of the body of Christ is, is just similar to an organization. It's not, it's not mysterious, it's not hyper-spiritual. It's just Paul saying, look, I, I, am I am trying to explain to you how this all works, you Corinthians who have no idea. Um, so if we go back <coughs> to this, then we can define these things pretty easily. So this is how I would, and I'm giving you a peek ahead. This is how I would just define gifts. It's, um, it's your motivation in any situation. If you have somebody who's, who's carrying a tray of drinks and you're on the wait staff and they spill all the drinks, everybody around will be instantly motivated according to their spiritual gift. Okay? Some will go straight to the person, some will go straight to the mess, some will go straight to the kitchen to get more drinks. You know, the prophet will say, I knew this was going to happen. Everybody says, get the mop, buddy. It's too late for that, right? So anyway, so there's, there's okay. So it's a lens that you look at life through. If you compare it to the Enneagram, it sort of, it sort of is, the Enneagram takes everything we are and tries to define it as reactions to life. And so spiritual gifts show up in the Enneagram because they, they start at your gut and they come through. So the Enneagram is taking your gifting plus your personality plus your wounding plus your false beliefs and the way you were raised and tries to stick it in nine categories, okay? So we're back at the basics, the, the, the unencumbered, God-inspired, God-driven part of our life. And your charisma, charis means grace, ma means a package of, so a grace package is for you. Motivation in any situation throughout your life to help to be supernaturally, but not showy, empowered, okay? You, you will find yourself on that moving sidewalk as you work in your gifting, and you don't have to say, God told me, none of that matters. Uh, if it's God, people will know. If they ask, you tell them. Otherwise, you just serve people, wash feet, you do what you need. A ministry, Jesus is the head of the body, it's, and we're going to talk about this in weeks coming, but it is a measure of Jesus. He is given to you as the brain of the body. He's saying, I'm giving this part of my capability to you to work in this, this way in the body. And if you're faithful there, I'm going to promote you. If you're not faithful there, I'm not going to fire you because that's decapitation. I mean, that's, that's cutting off a finger. I'm, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to cut off a part of my body, but I am going to discipline it. I'm going to train it. I'm going to, 
help it to become what it's called to be. Okay, so each one of us is given this. So you have a current assignment that will use your charisma, but you can have other assignments and, and whatever. So this is your motivation, not what you're doing. This is what you're doing with that motivation. And sometimes he calls you. Every believer in the scripture had a period where they went off and seemed like they weren't doing anything for a while. But that not doing anything made them the person who could do something later, right? Paul, Moses, Gideon, you know, everybody. Gideon wrote the Bible, the Gideon Bible. But anyway, um, <coughs> effects of energema. These are the outcomes and outputs that, <laughs> like somebody told me, this is the happy and glorious result of you trusting God. And, um, and I love that, that part about it. it. It's, in Acts it said everyone was feeling a sense of awe. It's that, it's that sense. It's sometimes, uh, uh, Susan and I kind of, uh, in our lives, we'll just go, did you see him? And Susan will go, that was pretty cool. And I go, that was so cool. You know, and it's just like, just like the Father causes coincidences. I mean, this past week there were four coincidences that were just astounding bumping into somebody coincidences where I just go and and when we live in an expectation of that a we see it it happens a lot but we don't see it but we also see it more because we want to get in the path of our gifting and calling because that's where that's where it's focused okay and then finally the last thing is manifestations of the spirit <coughs> through you and those are I just call them holy spirit power tools you're stuck, and something happens. Um, you're, and there are nine things, and we'll, we'll talk about those near the end of the class. Um, uh, I think you had a question, will we all speak in tongues at the end? And the answer is, if you want to. Okay? <laughs> Nothing weird's going to happen in this class. Well, it might, but... Um, no, but once I debunk it, you go, oh... <laughs> It's not as weird as everybody thought it was. Okay. That's why it showed up in the book of Acts every time the Holy Spirit fell initially. Well, that makes total sense now. Okay. And so we're, we're just going to, we're going to just debunk and demystify all that stuff for us all. So these are, these are the four legs on the things of the Spirit table. Okay. And, and to eat at that table, we need all four of these or we're going to have to prop some stuff up artificially. So all of these are important. They're all given as a gift to you through obedience and character and, and all those kinds of things. But, so in a sense, they're all gifts, but only one is called charisma. Okay? And what has happened in the church is we said, what are the gifts of the Spirit? We just wave our hands, and they all get lumped together. But they're pretty radically different things. And we're going to see that soon. But they're, they're not the same category. It's like one is lunch, and one is a set of knives and forks. They're, you don't eat, you only eat one. <laughs> you can't call them food. One is food, and one is utensils. We should do that. Okay? And so Paul is, is doing this, and he's laying it out for us. Now, um, one of you might be an engineer, so I had to at least just have one diagram because, um, <coughs> because Paul uh, said he did a diuresis analysis, that he used that word four times. We're going to talk a little bit, if we have time, about that word. 
Um, but I wanted to just give you a couple of examples of those four things. So here's, here's one. And I've color-coded everything. So you're a teacher. You're currently teaching. Your gift is Christmas teaching. Um, you're teaching children, so that's your ministry. In an amazing, blessed place, so that is something the Father has prepared for you. And you're used by the Holy Spirit to speak amazing encouragement to your students, and they love you, and they go strong. And other teachers come to you because of the way you can encourage, the, 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 what the Holy Spirit gives you. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of encouragement, prophetic encouragement. And you don't say, thus saith the Lord. You say, you know something I love about you? And you say something, and on the inside, stop it. The, the, the child's spirit goes, whoa. That's what, that's what New Testament prophecy does. It encourages, it lifts up, it fills, it changes people. And you don't say, thus saith the Lord, because probably... 70% on a good day is exactly what he said. The other 30% you were trying to embellish or excuse, you know. So um, anyway, we'll talk more about that. So, so there's an example. You can see all four working there. So here's another one. You're a leader. You're currently, this is a friend. You're currently heading up a company. So that's the ministry. Leading is your gift. Heading up company is your diconia. It's uniquely favored and thriving so there's something about what that company does that is suddenly thriving, it's taking off. Um, it, th this particular company is changing the world through invention of a $500 MRI machine. So there you go. I saw that look. They've done it. I've, I've, I've seen uh, the data, or, or I've seen the out output, and they've got it. So every African tribe will have an MRI machine before long. Um, and the Holy Spirit gives you deep insights into how to move that company forward, right? So what would that look like? Words of knowledge, words of wisdom. He, he, he would say, I'm sitting in a meeting, problems come up, and I go, oh. Because <laughs> I, you know, I almost just feel like a reporter because it happens so quickly and so easily. Things I've never thought of. A book I read 10 years ago suddenly is, is vibrant, a paragraph from it. And, and, and I share something and people go, yeah, let's do that. He says, you know, I look really good and I know it's the Father. I know it's not me. And some of the smarter ones know it's not me too, but the rest of them give me credit and money. Um, so here's last one. You're filled with mercy. So one who shows mercy. You're currently part of an outreach to immigrants. Okay, so that is... That is the ministry. That's what you're doing with that sense of showing mercy. You could be anywhere. Um, that you accidentally began, right? So this is my wife. So she, she just began working with immigrants with another woman. And this is actually her gifting. And um, the other woman's gifting. And um, a, a ministry sprang up. And a 501c3 came out of it. And people began coming to it. And a school opened. And, you know, it's like, what in the world? What are we doing now? Um, they went to Turkey with that school, and she went to Iraq in the middle of the war. Um, <laughs> that you accidentally began. And the Holy Spirit assists with amazing insight and revelation about individual needs. So you can, you can want to be merciful but not know how, and the Holy Spirit will, will show you someone's heart. And you go, oh, see? So, so you need all of those tools. And so the, the Father is the one... 
And people now come to you for your insights and favor. So that is the Father giving you favor and letting that favor be seen other places because he wants what you do to expand to other places, right? So the Father will cause all things to work together. So, so you can see that these look like kind of just normal lives, but in the background of those normal lives are those things working. Does that make sense? Okay, so again, it's, it's not mysterious. You run a hospital this way with those four things, four kinds of people. And it looks like, but when you see, when you can define a life, maybe your life like this, I'm pointing to my screen like you can see, if you can define it like, like these, and I pick kind of three different kinds of giftings, then you can go, aha. Now, th that doesn't mean you go change your job and you quit, but you just say, God, you knew where I would be, what I would be doing. How do I take this gifting and begin just to use it? I, I am shocked how uh, an attorney suddenly picks up on this, and I'm not talking about you, brother, because you already know this, but picks up on this, and they don't really change their business, but everything changes, right? Uh, a workman, you know, a construction worker, picks up on this. They begin to see who they are, and pretty soon, a Bible study pops up, you know, at lunch. You know, it's just, it's just stuff happens. You don't know how it happens, but the father's going, I'm ready. As soon as you're ready, I'm ready. You're almost ready? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so it's just like, let's go. And so you begin to see this sense thing going on in your life. Okay, I'm just going to introduce in the next five minutes this idea of charisma gifts. Um, but I want to introduce one key truth before I do that. And that's this use of Paul's, Paul's word, uh, diuresis. Um, and I left it there, and I didn't give it a translation because it's hard to translate. Um, diuresis is, uh, and you see it's four times, okay? Um, diuresis started with Plato. And it was how Plato does logical analysis. And the steps, you can see on the right, the steps is you take everything in that category, just throw it all, all together until you define the outer limits of a category, of some category, any category. And, and it's been used for, it is how grocery stores lay out their aisles, okay? It is how children sort their Halloween candy, <laughs> okay? It, 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 is, it is a normal process, but Plato took that standard process and said, Let's make it into a formal Platonic, not like Platonic friends, but Platoic analysis. You lump everything together. You divide it into larger groupings. So beans, corn, whatever else, you know. And then you said, is it organic or inorganic? Oh, how do we do that? And so different stores do it differently because they're going, well, I, I, let's have an organic aisle, you know. And, well, let's do everything organic. Okay, throw the rest out. You know, so, so everybody, but they're all doing the same analysis. And Paul said, there is, a, and then, then you divide into big chunks and you analyze each of the big chunks so you completely understand them. And so Paul, in his years in Damascus, said, I'm going to do one of these Plato analyses for spiritual gifts. And so he did, and, and he came up with um, a Platonic analysis of spiritual gifts, dividing and all that. And so, 
Um, we could do our own platonic analysis. Um, when do we get out of here? Quarter till? Like right, like right now? We'll start next week doing our own Platonic analysis. Okay, so, so all of you study Plato this, this next week and make sure you, you get it together. And we are going to start with Charisma Gifts with a blank slate and what Peter said. And Peter said that Charisma Gifts come in two, two big categories, speaking category, serving category. So we are going to come up with our own list. I will guide us so we come up with the same list Paul came up with. But we're going to come up with our own list of charisma gifts using the analysis Paul used. And when we do, you're going to see some pretty amazing things about how you understand your own gifting. Okay? Good. Thank you, Lord. Amen.